0: Last year and so i i feel like if you're looking to say yeah i i think that that's going to be better and it's going to be okay where where we need to work more is on the offensive side of the ball
1: there's no question yeah uh offensive line yes and quarterback yes and and, and you can say well what's more important and the answer i think is yes uh we've talked about the continuity the offensive line has to have, mm-hmm. and I don't care who's back behind center. But with that said, I think from a leadership standpoint, from some of those intangibles that that, that Franklin was talking about a minute ago, I would like to see them proceed and figure out who that quarterback is going to be, who that starter is going to be sooner than later. Plus, I want that guy to get the reps. Well, he needs to get the
0: reps. The team needs to have the reps with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, They need to feel comfortable with their leader at quarterback. It's just a natural position that you have. There's a whole lot of intangibles that go with being able to name your starting quarterback. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to let somebody take that step forward. And who that is, you know, we don't know yet. They may have a pretty good idea, but they want to see – Who's going to take the reins and just separate themselves from everybody else?
1: Hey, there's no question. I, I think that they would like to see somebody take the job and win the job instead of them having to figure out who they're going to be. You know, it's so close that we got to name a guy. No, don't name a guy. Have a guy take the job. Absolutely. Take it and, you know, with a stranglehold and, and and let everybody on that football field know that this is my football team. Right. I'm the guy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they I think I think you're right. I think that's exactly what they would like to have. Uh, I you know, we had Zach Barnett from uh uh football uh, footballscoop.com on the program yesterday. Mm-hmm. He wrote an incredibly interesting article today, or at least I was reading it today. Uh just a couple hours ago in fact. The 15 most important assistant coaching hires of 2021. The 15 most important assistant coaching hires of 2021 interesting interesting concept interesting article you know who checked in at number nine no jeff grimes the baylor offensive coordinator there you go that will tell you just how important that hire was for dave aranda so these guys have got to figure out this offense. They've got to figure out their personnel. they got all these things, all these moving parts have got to come together, and it's going to be under the direction and the leadership of Jeff Grimes to get it done. That's, I mean, and So if this football team, it's just like we were talking about, if this football team is going to be successful, I, I think it has to start on the offensive side of the football. I think they've got enough tools and enough things that they can work with on the defensive side of the football. I think they're pretty good in special teams too. It's got to be in that offensive line and that quarterback position. They've got to get those two things figured out. And and uh, and you're right. I think Jeff Grimes has got his work cut out for him. But, man, if they can get that done, you know, they may be one of those four or five teams that we've talked about in the Big 12 that, you know, you, you look at them and go, okay, I think this is where they're going to be. But, you know, if they play well in, in an area or two, then – they can, you know, they can, they can bolt to the top and I'm not saying they're going to go win a conference championship, but they could be better than the ninth or 10th place or wherever in the heck they've got them picked. I know that they got KU picked at the bottom, but uh, you know, I, I think this could be a better football team than what some think it could be. If they can find that continuity we were talking about on the offensive side of the ball. Well,
0: they're going to have to be able to be better offensively. There's no doubt about it. And they know that. And that's why they mm-hmm. went and got Grimes and you know, Dave Aranda is trying to find the perfect mix on the offensive side where he can do what he needs to do and not completely worry about that offense 24-7. That's what a head coach wants to do. He wants to be able to you know, bring in his offensive guy, bring in his defensive guy, bring, bring in his special teams coordinator where he can facilitate and let them do their jobs. and And I think last year he kind of had to keep an eye on other things that he – may not have been able to do in a normal situation. So that may be a situation where you look at this offense and you talk about continuity with the offensive line. I think that's important. I also feel like it has to be important that they're comfortable with what they're doing, not Mm -hmm. just the continuity, but they understand the scheme. They understand exactly what they're doing, and they can go out and do it without any problem of having to think about it 24-7. And and when you can get that offensive line comfortable, get that – the receiver's comfortable with running their routes and knowing where they're supposed to be, I I do. I think it has a chance
1: to be a better football team offensively. Here's what Dave Aranda said, uh, and I think he told this actually to Texas Football Magazine. uh, He said, I think the two hardest things to do in college football right now is run inside zone and drop back pass, and that's exactly what the Baylor offense looked like last year. It was inside zone and drop back pass, Mm -hmm. and they struggled. Uh, All right, it is a 14 after four. We're going to switch gears. We're going to go talk some high school football. We're going to talk to Coach Stewart at Temple. We'll do that next right here on ESPN Central Texas.
2: This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm meteorologist Haley Fitzpatrick. Mostly clear skies and a bit of humidity in the air is expected tonight with lows dipping into the upper 70s. Winds will still remain fairly gusty out of the south tonight and tomorrow anywhere between 15 to 20 miles per hour, and some gusts as high as 24. We'll wake up to a bit of cloud cover in the morning before another hot and humid day with mostly sunny skies and a high of 97. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 530, 6 and 9 for your forecasts first. Plus, check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather.
3: Tune in to John Morris' Big 12 football previews here on the home of the Bears ESPN Central Texas. Presented by State Farm agents Bob Anderson, Bart Romig, and Mike McKenzie, George's Restaurant and Catering, and Bruner Motors in Stephenville. John Morris's Big 12 football previews, weekdays, here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas.
0: Check them out online at McAdamsRoofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams & Sons Roofing. Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic have reached a maximum salary extension with the team that will pay him $207.1 million over the next five years. Deshaun Watson is unlikely to play in the Texans preseason opener against the Green Bay Packers based on the limited reps he has had in practice. Hard Knocks with the Dallas Cowboys debuts its 16th season tonight at 9 o'clock on HBO and HBO Max. Astros start a series with the Rockies tonight, 7-10 first pitch. And the Texas Rangers try to snap a six-game losing streak tonight, starting a series in Seattle with the Mariners. First pitch at 9-10, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas.
6: SportsCenter, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas.
0: And welcome back to Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Barfield, Worldwide, along with you. We are joined now by head coach of the Temple Wildcats, Scott Stewart. And, Coach, thanks for joining us this afternoon.
7: Hey, great leading music.
0: I, <laughs> I thought you oh, might like did. that. <laughs> hey, Coach, how did it feel when the alarm went off yesterday morning knowing that football is here?
7: Well, I couldn't tell you because I got up about an hour before my alarm went <laughs> <an> off. <hour. laughs> <But>, uh, <laughs> couldn't tell you. I got up to turn that joker off. No man, I, I, uh, I make it a habit. I I roll all the windows down in the truck and I listen to some '80s hair ballad and as loud as it'll go. And I I probably drive a little bit faster than the speed limit allows, but uh, it's it's a fun time, man. It's uh, exciting and uh, just you know just fired up to see these kids back in pads. Coach,
1: I, I realize last year's team and this year's team. T- different football teams but the success that you had last year through COVID and everything that you had to overcome how does that how does that carry over to this year
7: well I think I mean I think anything's a habit anything bad—it bad but you know I think seeing a team like last year and the leadership that they provided man I that, that'll go down as one of the funnest senior classes I've ever been around because they weren't the most talented group we've ever had and they weren't the you know just the most gifted group we've ever had but they're some of the hardest working uh high accountability high culture guys i've ever been around and, and i think that's probably the the part that's infectious i mean you know we we i i saw that kind of raise its head yesterday i mean we had a couple of young kids get frustrated you know in, in a pursuit drill and some of the older guys like guys this is what we do this is how this is how we do this is what we do and so just to to see that? I mean, you're so thankful for the classes that went before that kind of instilled that in some of those kids because it's still out there. You,
1: you played 12 games a year ago, so you got some extra practices, and I would suspect that that helps going into this year with the, with those younger
7: guys. It, it, there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing you can do. There's no teacher-like experience. I mean, I I don't care who you are, and, and uh, so it, you know, anytime you get to play into December. That's obviously a blessing and a, and some hard earned work and so you know that's one of our goals is to play into December and because you know I've always said that, you know people teams come and go but nobody ever forgets the guys that play in December and so you know that's a that's kind of a mantra I mean obviously we're not talking about December and August but you know if you put enough the bottom line is that you know we got to be better today than we were yesterday and if you can put enough of those together man you got a chance at some point you may look around and be in December so. Uh, Just looking forward to the opportunity and see what
0: happens head coach of the temple Wildcats Scott Stewart with us here on ESPN Central, Texas And coach, you know, the old adage was the defense this time of year is always ahead of the offense with the new UIL rules Giving you the opportunity to work with the kids a little bit during the summer and have some opportunity to be around them and some team Aspects is that still the way it is the defense at this time of year still is has a little bit of advantage over the offense?
7: I, you know, I don't know because, uh, I, 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 at the very least that gap is closed greatly because, you know, I mean, it's a godsend. UIL, man, I appreciate those folks so much because, you know, day one didn't look like a normal day one last year, you know, or or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yesterday. Uh, and it didn't last year either because they let us start it in in the beginning of June. So, uh, you know, and getting to do some of those skill stuffs. I mean, we had some reporters out here last year and like, man, it don't really look like a day one. And I'm like, well, I mean, other than the helmets being on, uh, it's really not day one. So we just kind of carried over what we were doing in the summer, and man, it's just been a godsend.
1: I, I was going to ask how has, and I don't even want to call them two days anymore. I mean, I'll call it fall camp. But how has the way you approach fall camp from a staff uh, standpoint? How has that changed with with the with the concept that you get to work with the kids during the summer?
7: Well, I I, I kind of label it uh, thematically as the wussification of America because. I used to work, we used to practice from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. and then turn around at 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then the skill guys had to come from 1 to 2 in the middle of the day. So, uh, these guys get over here and they act like they're tired a little bit. I'm like, you're talking to the wrong guy, brother. So, no, no, man. Uh, you know, we just, we have to, you, you got to chop it up. I mean, they put a lot of limitations. I mean, again, some of the saving grace is that you're not literally dealing with a true day one. You know what I mean? It, it hadn't been since. May or, or April since these kids have, have played the game of football. They didn't do it in pads during the summer, but we got to do some skill work. So, you know, that kind of tweaks our insulation packages. That kind of tweaks kind of uh, our personnel packages. I mean, we go out there on day one yesterday, and we're working on good hands and onside kick. I mean, that, that's something that's never been a part of my progression this early. And, you know, I trust uh, the guys and stuff, but I mean, we're we're getting to look at a lot more facets of the, of the game early on uh, that normally would be kind of Pre-district, before you even start getting to
0: those things, Coach. Getting to the pads when you get into the pads, what's that going to look like as far as turning them loose? Is it still a situation where you get out there and you you turn it loose a little bit, and you want to crank it up, or do you have to pull the reins back just a little bit now?
7: Well, well, uh, I'm, I'm thankful until I've got to pull the reins back. I mean, I'll tell you this: by group, you know, I've got. To pull the reins back. I'm going to turn them loose a little bit more. And that, that tends to not be the case, or at least in my experience, knock on wood uh, here, is, you know, we've got some aggressive kids and they don't mind beating the crud out of each other. Uh, they don't mind beating the crud out of anybody that shows up. So, you know, we'll we'll be smart. We we always talk about that shot. We're not going to take that shot. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll, we're going to take care of our teammates, but we're going to be physical. I mean, you, you have to practice that. I mean, we practice everything. We go to – we go to a pregame restaurant, you know, before our scrimmage just because we're going to have to go to a pregame restaurant before our first travel game. So, you know, I believe that you've got to practice everything you do and, and you've got to get efficient and effective at what you're doing. In my opinion, and again, I know my opinion is worth about as much uh, weight and salt, but uh, <laughs> you've, gotta, you, you've got to you've, – you're going to be a physical football team. you got to practice being a physical football team. So that's not going to be foreign to these kids. Uh, they know it's coming. I mean, we beat the tar out of each other in the spring. So we dial it back a little bit, but we're going to be physical.
1: Hey, hey, Scott, I want to I want to join your team now that you practice eating. I mean, that, that's a that's a pretty good <laughs> deal now. I'm just telling you, sign me up. <laughs> Ward said I had you know, six weeks of eligibility left.
7: <laughs> well, I'll tell you this: there's probably not going to be many programs in the state that you see that eat better than eat kids. But we take care of them. But yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, anything you can do uh, to kind of squeeze those eyes down the first time some of these kids, because again. You know, especially on defense, we're senior laden, but we we got some kids that are going to be doing varsity for the first time, and we will practice everything we possibly can before it, it counts for real. Uh, and I I don't know how much it helps, but I know I, I don't believe it hurts. So that's we kind of we kind of practice that as well.
1: Is there something in particular in this fall camp that you that you say, hey, we've got to get this done if we're going to go where we want to go?
7: Well, I mean, again, we're we're, we're growing. We got uh, seven. Or five three-year starters on defense. We got seven two-year starters on on defense, and so now it's the little nuances. I mean, now we're talking about you know we're breaking that down to the fine tune, and that's what we talked about is you know the message yesterday was perfect your craft. I like like you'll never be perfect. There was only one man that was ever perfect. He got nailed to a cross for it. But you can you can try to perfect your craft instead of going out there and doing your job. Let's. Let's start doing. Let's start doing the, the, the intangibles. Let's start, you know, let's start attacking. Yeah, you were in the right position, but he caught the ball. Now, now let's start talking about reception points. Let's start talking about angle of departure. I mean, let's start breaking this down to the finute, uh, to the minute. And that that's kind of what we're doing is trying to fine tune, you know, an offense and defense. It's a little bit different on offense. I mean, we got a brand new offensive line, so right now they're just trying to learn what to do. Uh, I've got kind of a quarterback going battle going on with three sophomores and a senior. So no matter how you cut it, it's going to be a first year kid and so you know those guys are trying to do it in macro chunks you know and and then some of the older guys the focus yesterday and the focus through this camp is going to be let's start getting micro with it let's let's start to to take your game I mean again to go from bad to good is easy Uh, if you work hard you can go from bad to good you know what I mean good to good to great is is a lot tougher and then you go great to elite man you got to start turning over grains of sand to try to find a way to get better And, and so that's going to be our focus through this camp Head coach of the
0: Temple Wildcats, Scott Stewart, with us here on ESPN Central Texas. Hey, Coach, go out and enjoy practice. I can't wait to see you, and have a great one.
7: Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys, everything you all
1: do. Hey, thanks Thanks for your time. Uh, That is uh, Scott Stewart, the head coach of Temple. He is fun. Yeah, he's a blast. absolutely fun. That that's going to be good stuff. Uh, and tomorrow, Lyndon Helt of Waco High will be on the program, so we'll talk to Lyndon Helt and see what's going on in his second or third day. Don't forget, you can catch Temple Wildcats football uh, with my man Ward White coming up uh, this football season and all season long on our sister station Fox Sports Central Texas. So get ready for that, and man, that's going to be a lot of fun. So you can catch uh, Temple football right here on our sister station fox sports central texas all right uh listen coming up in a couple of minutes we're going to visit with randy grimes the former baylor bear the former tampa bay buccaneer we'll do that in a minute there's a huge event ward uh coming up and it, it's called boots buckles and bling it's coming up on september the 17th and it's to uh, to benefit cinecore i don't know if you know much about cinecore but this is a, a tremendous organization and you know they're going to try to raise funds for cinecore and um uh, here's what i can tell you about center core they uh they operate a 56 bed medically supported detox and short-term residential treatment center for substance dependent men and women they also offer a uh, adult and adolescent intensive outpatient service on individual group or family basis and uh, you know they're going to help you get your life turned around i guess is the bottom line and uh, I, i'm gonna bring aaron in for just a second and, and i'm in and aaron you don't have to go into a lot of great detail, but you know about Cinecor.
8: Yeah, we talked about it before, you know, we, we were talking about uh, the show. Um, I went to Cinecor for rehab, and Cinecor quite literally saved my life.
1: And that's, a, I mean, that's a testimony that, uh, well, it's unbelievable. But, uh, what, Boots, buckles, and bling. It's going to be September the 17th at the Bader Club at 6 o'clock. And the keynote speaker for this uh, this big event is going to be Randy Grimes. And we talk to Randy next right here on ESPN Central Texas.
6: Recently on the John Moore Show.
5: We welcome in now Will London from Waco High from Baylor University and a U.S. Olympian, John Morris, along with Jerry Hill. And, Jerry, we're in the uh, presence of greatness here with an Olympian in Will London.
1: Yeah, and first uh, apparently first Olympian ever from Waco. I know you've talked about that a little bit, but how big a deal is that for you being – the first from your hometown to ever make it to the Olympics.
9: Uh, I didn't even know I was the first one until like people said it. But I guess it's just from, you know, being around at Baylor for so long and I've seen Jeremy, Michael Johnson, those people. so. I guess when they've been around so long, you kind of forget that they're not exactly from Waco. (laughs) But uh, it's exciting to know that I'm the first Olympian from Waco. You know, it was a great feeling, and I'm glad I get to uh, experience it and the people around me can too.
6: Listen to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas.
3: elevate your career with a new job at versalift southwest a time manufacturing company versalift southwest occupies a 16 acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts digger derricks and cable placers right here in central texas they are now hiring hydraulic electrical and service technicians all openings start at 17 dollars an hour or more Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco, to apply.
1: All right, welcome back into the program, 432 with Tom and Ward and Aaron. We're glad you're with us. Again, boots, buckles, and bling to benefit Cinecore coming up September the 17th. Should be a large time had by all. And the uh, guest speaker is going to be Randy Grimes, the former Baylor Bear and Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Randy, thanks so much for your time, and we uh, we appreciate visiting with you today.
11: Hey, man, Sikkim, <laughs> And greetings from uh, St.
1: Pete Beach. You, are you hanging out on the beach right now?
11: Well, I'm pretty close. My backyard looks at the at the beach, so uh, yeah, technically, I am there.
1: All right, let's just dive into this thing. Why is this event important to Randy Grimes?
11: Well, I tell you what. I don't know if you've seen the statistics lately, but ninety-two thousand people died last year as a result of opiate overdoses. I mean, we are in a pandemic within a pandemic. And it is the leading cause of death for people under 50. And Randy Grimes has his own story about um, recovery and everything. You know, I was, uh, I was that guy that was willing to do whatever I had to to stay out on the field. And, uh, you know, I remember having that conversation with Leroy Selman when I first got in the locker room in, uh, at one buck place in Tampa after I'd gotten drafted. And the first thing I learned was that football was not a job or, or was not a uh, game anymore. It was now a job. And the second thing I learned was you do whatever you have to to stay out on that field. And uh, what that looked like for me was taking handfuls of uh, pain pills every day to, to practice through the injuries and the, uh, the chronic pain that I had because I was not going to let anybody else get out there in my position. I was not going to be that guy who was always on the injury report or always waiting in line to see the doctor or always being worked on by the trainers. I was not going to get that reputation because that was uh, a reputation you were never going to get away from and what was sure to be a short NFL career. So, you know, I suffered in silence and I took handfuls of pain pills every day and I looked at it like a necessary evil instead of what it really was, and that was a full-blown addiction.
1: I I was looking at some statistics. Uh, You appeared in 118 NFL games, 104 starts. You did not miss time, did you?
11: I did not. I did not, and I took a lot of pride in that. And, you know, I worked my way. And, you know, the mentality back in the 80s and early 90s was, you know, we beat the hell out of each other all all week long and then hopefully there was enough left in the uh in the tank to play on sunday you know that was that mentality if you don't practice hard you're not going to play hard and uh you know that that's the way it was and a lot of the injuries and uh, the bumps and bruises that we got were 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 during practice you know
1: visiting with randy grimes former baylor bear and and tampa bay buccaneer randy did i read where you really didn't have a lot of memory of the last couple of seasons in the national football league.
11: The last two years of my career, that necessary evil that I I talk about all the time, uh, which was a full blown addiction. It progressed to the point to where, yeah, I was playing games in complete blackouts. I was taking so much medication before the games that as a starting center, I was coming to the line of scrimmage and calling defenses, getting guys going in the right direction Uh, changing blocking schemes, all the things that a center does um, when he comes up to the line of scrimmage. And and I didn't remember any of it. You know, I would be home late at night on the couch, uh, you know, 11 or 12 o'clock at night after a 1 o'clock Sunday football game, and I would start coming around a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'd be all beat up and scratched up and bruised up, dehydrated, everything that you are, fingernails all torn up, everything you are after an NFL football game. And I didn't remember any of it. And, uh, yeah, that was the last couple of years of my career. That's what that addiction progressed to. And, um, and, and, and it, it got out of hand. Do,
1: do you worry about today's football player in the, in the same situation?
11: Well, I think that over the last 12 years, the the advocacy that we've done and that I've done since I got sober back on September 22nd in 2009, I think that we've made a lot of headway with the NFL. I think that we've forced them to be more accountable in the way that they prescribe narcotics. I mean, back when I played, we had an open drug safe, and we could just go get whatever we wanted to out of that safe, and, and if by if by chance it was ever accidentally locked then we had three white guys that started on defense and their Jersey numbers were the combination the state that whole decade that I was in Tampa. So, I mean, there, there was always access to narcotics. Uh, you know, they, they would always hand hand pills out to you if you needed them and they did it all off label. And I think now, If anything, they're more accountable to not only the FDA and the the DEA, but also the NFL. And I I think that we've made headway, but to some degree, it still goes on. I mean, guys are – I always talk about the pressure that front office and coaches put on players to get back out on the field and and all that, but – players put a lot of pressure on themselves to get back out on that field because they don't want to lose their job. They don't want to lose their position. So, um, you know, we have to always be on guard about, uh, about that. And to some degree, it's still going on.
1: You, you know the date uh, that you got sober. Did you, did you have to, as some say, hit, hit rock bottom before you could get things turned uh, in the right direction for your, for your personal life?
11: Oh my gosh, every every bottom I hit had a trapdoor in it, and I just went deeper. But it seems like the perfect storm was coming together in the spring and summer of 2009. I had a really good friend that I played next to for many years named Tom McHale. He was my right guard. And uh, one morning he just didn't wake up and he was out there doing the exact same thing I was doing. That was self-medicating the injuries he got while he played in the league. And that really got my attention. Also had a series of uh, of health scares. I was having seizures as a result of withdrawal from the medication, and uh, that 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 was really bad. And uh, my wife would I mean my 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 daughter wouldn't let me come around my first grandchild because I wasn't fit to be around her first child. And you know that was the perfect storm that was my bottom there in the spring and summer of 2009. That's when I finally put my hand up and ask for help. You know, it seems like, you know, we suffer in silence. We have that warrior mentality that big boys don't cry and, and, and all of that. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, pride, ego, guilt, shame, whatever it was, I wouldn't put my hand up and ask for help. But I finally did in, uh, in September of
1: 2009. Boots, buckles, and bling at uh, the stadium to, uh, to support Sencor what will be your message on September the 17th
11: that it's okay to not be okay you know but it's not okay to not ask for help you know we we, we, we are in the middle of a crisis I'm watching the uh, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at an entire generation of kids being taken away from us right before our eyes and we've got to do something to stop it you know we've got to educate we're not we're not going to we're not going to arrest our way out of this or legislate our way out of this, but we can educate ourselves out of this. And, you know, I think that the more that we're out there, the more that we recover out loud, the more that, that that we're out there in front of people talking about that recovery is possible, then that is, you know, that's our way out of this thing. And and that's our message is that it's okay to not be okay. And I'm just so grateful to Sinecor and, and Christine Cohen, who's done so much work trying to get this thing off uh, off the ground, and I, I'm just really looking forward to this event. And uh, being back in Waco, uh, being being around my peeps there in Waco, <laughs> and uh, I'm just looking forward to this, this event.
1: I was going to ask, do you get a chance to get back? Do you get to come back to some games?
11: I do, I do. I get to come back to, uh, at least to homecoming every year. And uh, it's always great to be back in the stadium, to be on campus. Uh, golly, I just, uh, I'll never forget my, my Baylor days. You know, those were, were four of the greatest years of my life. And I, I'm, I'm forever grateful to Coach Taft and, and uh, everything that Baylor gave me.
1: Do do you, do you uh, and I'm going to talk a little football with you here for just a second? Do you uh, do you have uh, is, is there one season? Is there one game? Is there one play that you went that defines my Baylor career?
11: Oh my God! Well, I tell you what, Mike Singletary broke four helmets in his career, and two of them were on me at Baylor. <laughs> and uh, So I mean, I always have to go back to that. But of course, the uh, the eighty season when we won it all. You know, and then getting stomped by Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, You know, those are great memories. Uh, You know, the Peach Bowl season my freshman year in 79 was a great year. But, you know, we had some great games. We had some great coaches, great players. I got to play. Think about all the great players that I played with. Walter Abercrombie, Mike Singletary, you know, uh, Van McElroy, uh, Frank Pollard. Uh, yeah it, the list goes on and on and we just had such great players that went on to have great careers and uh, you know my, my my days at Baylor were, were were just awesome. I met my wife my very first uh, day, of my freshman year, and we got married after our junior year. So uh, Baylor Baylor has a, a great place in my heart.
1: Hey Randy, thank you. Uh, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your sharing. Uh, and uh, we look forward to, to seeing you when you come to town and look forward to maybe seeing you when, uh, when you're here for homecoming as well.
11: Hey, I hope so. Remember, September 17th at the Baylor Club
1: you got it. Randy Grimes our guest. Appreciate Randy and uh, look forward to uh, to visiting with you again. And it is it's Boots, Buckles and Bling supporting Seneca Foundation of Waco and uh if you get an opportunity, go check them out online and uh, there's a uh, there's tickets available, there's tables available, there's all kinds of opportunities for you to to sponsor uh to sponsor this program and also to go and have some fun. I mean they're going to ha- they're, they're going to have a large time and and harder we all know and she does a tremendous job. She's going to be the master of ceremonies for the program, and again, now uh, the uh, keynote speaker is going to be Randy Grimes, but there's going to be there's going to be dancing and all kinds of fun stuff up at the Baylor Club. Should be a lot of fun. And that is coming up September the 17th and we'll have more information on our um, on our website, so SyntexSportsFan.com, uh, SyntexSportsFan.com so we'll get some info up on that. It's a 444. Stay with us. Coming up next, we're going to talk some Ranger baseball. We'll do that next right here on ESPN Central Texas.
10: Recently on the Matt Mosley Show. Brent
4: Zorneman joining us right
12: now from the Houston Chronicle. I then sought out Commissioner Greg
13: Sankey, you know, and, and uh, found him on Red Radio Road down there, and he looked at me like, "Where did you hear that?" You know, and <laughs> and then
10: essentially he said, "Well, you know, rumors have been
13: swirling." And then he said, "Yeah, no comment." You know that because and at that point, you know, then we're trying to get uh,
6: reaction from from especially Texas and then and then OU. Matt Mosley,
9: weekdays at three p.m. on ESPN Central Texas.
14: Texas needs passionate teachers like you. McLennan Community College Child Studies and Education Department offers three different programs that can be applied to a bachelor's degree or help start your career faster. The Associate of Applied Arts in Child Development, Associate of Arts in Teaching, and Certificate in Child Development are programs that only fit your work schedule but allows you to work in the teaching field while taking classes. MCC can help you be the teacher you want to be. Apply now for fall at mclennan.edu or contact us at 299-8622 to get started today. At the Good Feet Store, all it takes is a free fitting to see how our personally fit arch supports can help relieve your pain. Just listen to Pam. I walked all day in my cowboy boots. The pain from my back was killing me. Finally, I just tried the Good Feet Store. The gentlemen fit me with arch supports. They just helped me. Relief could be steps away. See for yourself with a free fitting and test walk at the Good Feet Store today. Your good life starts with Good Feet. Stop
6: by
0: today at the Good Feet Store in Waco in the Central Texas Marketplace.
6: Time now for the Ranger Roundup, brought to you by Kaleo Wealth Management Group.
1: All right, welcome back in. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas, 447 with Tom and Ward and Aaron. We're glad you're with us here as uh, we switch gears, talk a little baseball. Ward, the uh, Rangers were off last night, so Thank they goodness. didn't lose. 39-73, uh, and, and they're going to be taking on Seattle tonight, 59-54. and 54. That is a... Um, I believe a 9-10 first pitch and our broadcast is going to begin at eight thirty. This is a, a club that has lost six in a row, and I was just looking at some of the numbers. They, it, it, it's hard to tell, and we're going to talk to Jared Sandler about this a little later on. But I mean, what do you? Ma- I mean, how do you take this season, and what do you make of this season? They, they've, we knew going in that this was going to be a rebuild, but it looks like they've kind of gutted. Uh, the the club in the middle of the season you know it's is is that just my perception or is that kind of reality that hey they've they've kind of you know and they're starting moving guys out of here trading guys moving guys and 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 you look at the lineup now and it doesn't look anything like it looked on opening day is that part of a rebuild or is is that starting over in the middle of the darn year no that's part of a rebuild
0: Mm -hmm. they figured out that they've got to go one direction or the other uh and so you know they they made the moves at the trade deadline to be able to to try to pick up some assets for guys that were at the peak of their trade value and if they held on to them any longer uh say through the offseason or something they probably wouldn't have got as much value for them at that point and they knew that they were going to have to do something to to rebuild this thing uh, from the ground up and that means getting some guys into the farm system so that's what they're doing and they, they changed the roster because now they got to find out what they have in the farm system is there anybody there that's going to be legitimate help for them in the future and if not then they need to move them to and start replacing those jersey numbers with somebody else
1: i'm gonna we're gonna ask i'm gonna ask jared sandler this if i can remember and talk to him a little bit about this but i don't know if you've seen the stats or just really kind of dove into them at all I was looking today, based on balls. I, I don't know if you put any stock into that, but to me, that tells me a guy is either not being pitched to if he's walking a lot, or or he's selective and makes sure you know that he swings at strikes. You know, and one of the and we mentioned this at the very beginning of the season, just how good Joey Gallo was at the beginning of the year. People weren't throwing him strikes; they were pitching around him because he was the only thing in the offensive lineup. So they were pitching around him. Well, Gallo had seventy-four walks. He was—I mean, he really was having a good year uh, in that category before the Rangers moved him down the road to, to New York. But then after that, Nathaniel Lowe has fifty-eight freebies. Do you realize there's nobody on the on the baseball team with twenty-five? Beyond that, nobody's walked twenty-five times. Nobody.
0: Well, that that either tells you that <clears throat> they're up there looking for their pitch and they're able to drive it which I don't think that that's the case because they're not getting a whole lot of people on base and no. moving them around so there's nobody uh, hitting
1: 300 so that's yeah. not
0: the case so that's that's not the case but that's what you look for if you don't have a lot of walks then you're you've got guys at the plate that are seeing their pitch and driving it um, but for this ranger team i I think that just tells you that you know there's a lot of impatience at the plate uh, and guys are trying to jack it out of the yard and they're not successful they're popping up and they're getting easy
1: outs for the other team. But I was I, that, that just kind of surprised me when I saw that that uh Joy Gallo had 74 freebies and Nathaniel Lowe or Nate Lowe, whichever you prefer, 58 walks, but after that I think 22 may be the tops mm-hmm. on the team. Uh no, I beg your pardon. There's uh yeah, there's just nobody there with with any with any, you know, getting on base with any regular, which drives your your on base percentage down. And I well, think sure. that's to me. And I know that there's all kinds of analytics and all kinds of stats nowadays. But the one that I still think about is on base percentage in batting average. Are you getting on base? Okay. Well, and that's the name
0: of the game get on base and let somebody push you around yeah. it's still baseball uh, you can use all the analytics you want to and, and put the numbers in it but it's not a real hard game I mean, it's just not and if you get on base and you push them around you're going to win more than you lose and right now they're not getting anybody on base
1: so down down on the farm at double uh, a frisco uh, josh young uh, i think it was saturday night or Sunday I can't remember, went three for three to raise his batting average to three oh seven and his uh, OPS is nine fourteen. That's that's outstanding. When does he get his opportunity to get some A Bs at the big league club? Well, when they figure out who they can move out of his
0: way on this roster to give him an opportunity. You know, and I don't I don't know what the timetable is for who they have there now. It, how many at bats they need to see from you know, are they going to be patient enough to, to let these guys breathe a little bit at this level? Or are they just going to say, okay, he had not done anything at 25 at-bats. Let's bring in somebody else. And to me, that's the wrong approach. But, I mean, you know, they've got a plan in place, I'm
1: sure. Let's hope. <laughs> let's hope. That is our Ranger Roundup uh, this afternoon. Uh, we'll talk more Ranger baseball, by the way, coming up at 515. And we'll do that with... Uh, with uh, jared sandler from the ranger radio network and by the way the broadcast does begin at eight thirty tonight right here on espn central texas your uh your home for ranger baseball in in central texas we got that for you all week we uh, also got uh, cowboy football coming your way friday night so we got all kinds of stuff lined up for you here as we wind down on this in the summer and then we get ready for high school football and college football there's all kinds of stuff we we, we were a little busy today doing some internal testing on equipment to make sure that uh, all of our college stuff was was in line. So we're ready to go. We are, we're we're excited. All right. Let's take a second here, and let's talk about Shorty's Pizza Shack. Uh, they're at 12th and Bagby. 235-2646 is the phone number. And you're saying, well, why are you giving me the phone number? Well, A, you can call ahead and have it ready when you get there, which is always cool. Or B, you can call ahead and – and have it ready to be picked up which is you know kind of what i like to do is just go ahead and call it in and say you know what i'll be there in a couple of minutes and you're saying well what do they got and i'm telling you they've got all kinds of great stuff and they specialize in that new york style pizza and i don't know about you ward but those slices those are not they don't skimp on their on those slices those are big old big old slices of a pizza pie and it's outstanding stuff the, the reason their food is so good is because their ingredients are so good. The, the the dough is made fresh daily. The marinara is homemade. The toppings, such as sausage and burger, uh, that's made in-house. There's no filler. There's no additives. There's no artificial flavor. And there's none of that stuff. Just pure ingredients. And that's why they've been rocking and rolling since 2011. Owned by four Baylor alums, and uh, they do a tremendous job. And they've got pizza, of course, uh, New York-style pizza, and they've got... Uh, They've got wings, and the the Sikkim sauce is uh, the, is one of their premier sauces, and you can you can get all kinds of sauces there. But everybody I talk to says the Sicum sauce. I can't bring myself to order wings because I want the pizza when I go there. So, you. But you know why? Just don't rock. You know, get both, and that—that's probably the plan next time. But <laughs> so, it—it it, it really is great stuff. And of course, if you hang out there, they got a—they uh, got a patio down at the uh, far left end, and you can hang out there and watch tell uh, watch uh, the big screen TVs, eat some pizza pie, and, and uh, take in one of your uh, favorite uh, brewed craft beers in the can or on draft by the pint or hat pitcher, and grab a cohen, enjoy uh, enjoy some pie, enjoy some. Uh, some sporting events at Shorty's Pizza Shack. They're at 12th and Bagby, and you can check them out online if you'd like at Shorty'sPizzaShack.com.
5: Recently on the John Moore Show. Coach Clyde Hart with us uh, sharing some Olympic stories.
15: And Jeremy uh, won it in 44 seconds flat. But what was funny, I, I, uh, Michael Ford was with me. I took Michael. He was a young coach now, our new head coach at Baylor, and I wanted Michael to get that experience. And well, right before that, I had run down to the rail, and, and Jeremy was taking his victory lap. He runs over, and his eyes were really big. And of course, he's excited. And I said, Jeremy, do you realize what you just did? And his answer I never will forget. He says, Coach. I broke the school record. (laughs) And I said, Jeremy, you won the gold medal. You're you're not even 20 years old. You just won the gold medal. He said, yeah, but coach, it was my last chance to break
10: the school record. I got Michael's record. (laughs) (laughs) Listen
6: to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas.
0: Universal windows Central Texas.com. That's UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. That's UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. Or call 254-301-7760. And be sure to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love
10: my windows.
12: They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct.
6: Now, back to the Alan Samuel Studios.
1: It's 5 o'clock, and this is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Barfield, Ward Whites, Aaron Sexton. We appreciate you being with us this afternoon. Our 5 o'clock hour is a service of Versalift Southwest, a time manufacturing company. They are currently hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service techs. Uh, All these openings start at $17 an hour or more, and you can apply at 7601 Imperial Drive right here in Waco. It is indeed a privilege to welcome to the program this afternoon Mr. Cowboy himself. Mr. Bob Lilly, Mr. Lilly, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate it.
15: Well, you're you're mighty welcome. It's uh, it's good to be talking to people in Waco again. <laughs> so you, you just
1: got home from the uh, from from the in- induction ceremonies. I, I want to take you back. What what was it like when you were contacted, got the call, or or were contacted in in being informed that you were going into the hall. And, and, then what was that weekend experience like for you personally?
15: Well, it was quite an experience. It was, you know, it, it was some, someone had, had mentioned the fact that I might be getting nominated and, uh, sure enough, I got the call. i lived, I lived right in, in Waco itself. And, uh, I, you know, it was, it was almost like a dream. Because, I mean, when I was a little boy, I dreamed that I might be able to play football someday in high school. (laughs) And then when I was in high school, I dreamed that I might be able to play college football. And then, of course, uh, my senior year at at TCU, uh, both the Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas Texans uh, came to Dallas. And uh, anyway, I, I was drafted by both of them. And so I... There I was. I had an opportunity to, to play foot, pro football, so I asked our coach over there. Was at the time it was Coach A. Martin. I said, "I don't know what to do. Which team to go with?" He said, "Well, he said I'll give you some advice, but he said you you ought to do whatever you feel like, you know, you want to do." He said, uh, "We've had a couple of other leagues come in to Dallas that were trying to establish themselves, and they didn't make it." He said. If I were you, I think I would go with the NFL, which was the Cowboys, of course. And I did. He said both of the families are very nice people, but he said uh, that's just my feeling if you want to be around this area and, you know, around your family. And I, so I, did, I thought about it, and I ended up uh, signing with the Cowboys. And so anyway, my first year, I was uh, – my first six or seven games of my first year – I thought I was in another world, and I thought, how in the world am I going to make the team if I don't get better than this? But I, it was Coach Landry's system, and I found out later that it took at least uh, two years to learn how to play the flex defense, and to play it really well, it took three or four. But anyway, the second year, I played defensive end again, and I and I made the Pro Bowl. And I thought, well, things are really looking up. <laughs> and so I came back to to uh Back to Dallas, and uh, he called me in. And he said, uh, "He said Bob, we're going to move you to tackle next year, uh, and that was my natural position." And I, it was sort of a bittersweet type thing because you know I just made the Pro Bowl at defensive end, and I didn't I didn't know what I could do at guard in the in the pros. But anyway, it did turn out to be a, a very good move, and he he generally knew exactly. Where we ought to be, and I ended up, you know, having several good seasons, and uh and was invited to the Hall of Fame, and it was quite an experience. And it kind of reminds me. I mean, we were kind of t- talking also about Drew and and uh Cliff, and I remember I was they they came when I while I was still active, an active player, and. Uh, I'll never forget the first time Cliff, when he first made the team. Uh, I told him, I said, Cliff, we're going to the Super Bowl this year. We're going to go to the Super Bowl. We, we had been to the Super Bowl the year before, and we lost 16-13 to Baltimore. And I said, we're going to sit back to the Super Bowl this year, and don't you screw it up. <laughs> 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 she said it scared him to death. <laughs> so anyway, anyway the – it was, this was quite an unusual Hall of Fame year uh, because of having missed last year, which that was 100th anniversary last year, and uh, so we had they they uh, actually had about 17 people picked out to go in last year, and I think there were several of them that were deceased. But anyway, we had two separate days of of introductions and uh cliff was uh, was in the 2020 year so he was introduced on saturday night along with the 2020 year inductees and the 21 uh 20, uh 2021 inductees included cliff uh drew pearson so anyway i got to sit through several hours of of <laughs> inductions and i think they were they really stuck to their guns this year and they they limited them to six six minutes and it they went over that they started getting a, a little beep <laughs> and so <laughs> they did they did really well because they did have teleprompters and most of them didn't use them much but they were there and they had some notes but they got everything out and it, it really uh, in my opinion I've been to probably 35 or 35 Hall of Fames and when, when you had 20 minutes it was like uh, sometimes it would take 30 per person, <laughs> and it would like you know they would tell everything about everybody in their family and his and that. But la- but yesterday, uh, I guess it was the day before yesterday. Oh, what was today? Tuesday. Yeah, it was Sunday and Saturday. I thought everybody did a great job. They all were they all were succinct and they they uh, they had everything down that they wanted to say. And and uh, Peyton Manning was the only one that I think got a beat. And he had a whole lot to say. I mean, he, he, his dad was there, Archie, I played against. And I got to visit with him. And it was kind of fun to see a lot of old guys that I played against and with. And I, it was especially nice to see uh, Drew and Cliff because they both were very deserving and had been waiting a long time
1: you mentioned waiting a long time why 33 years for Drew Pearson he was such a terrific player but it, it seemed like he kind of got lost in the shuffle
15: well yeah he did i mean it's you know it's like i think wide receiver in my opinion would be one of the hardest uh, positions to be chosen to the hall of fame because there's, they they're out there alone by themselves where everybody sees them and they, there are so many good ones, great ones. I mean, I should say good. There's so many great ones. And, you know, it's like, it's just, it's like who, whoever's got prime time. Most of the time. And Drew did have quite a, quite a few years of his career, but I don't have any idea why it took so long because, you know, he, he was 70s, decades. uh, 70, decade, uh all-time team and he was all pro and he was, he did, he, you know, he had the credentials and he was a great receiver and he was a quarterback coming out of college. And coach Landry, uh, he, he always told me, we talked a lot about defense and offense. And I i asked him, I said, I thought you might make drew a, a back understudy for a quarterback. He said, well, he said, he's got great moves. 'cause I've seen him run and I he said he's any quarterback that's got really great athletic ability, I feel like they could really make a great receiver because they know that they're they're looking out at the defenses just like they were when they were quarterback. They're looking for all the little giveaway things, signals that that they saw when they were playing quarterback. And he said they they also know that they have to run a great route, and they know what angle they've got to take, and he's a, to get in position to catch the ball free and clear. And so, anyway, it was kind of interesting because I was looking, I watched Drew with that. We were on the sideline, but I watched him, and he ran great routes and uh, made a great receiver for for Roger and and, uh, and later even. Bob, so that they- was. You know,
0: yes i'm sorry bob lilly with us here on espn central texas and, and how does it make you feel you're the first cowboy to be inducted into the hall of fame but you sit back and and you've been to 30 or more of these and now you have a couple of more of your teammates after some other teammates have been you, you do you look back and go wow we we had some pretty good players on our team
15: well we did have we had, we had a lot of good players We had, we have some players in my opinion that should be there now and uh, you know, I, I, just, I just know – the ones I know really well that were good every day in practice and good on the game day, uh, there are many of them. But a couple of them are, are – well, there's more than a couple. There's Chuck Cowley, Cornell Green, and Leroy Jordan, and uh, and others. Even George Henry uh, has credentials that he could have been, been in there. And uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, whenever you uh, there's John Nyland on offense. There's uh, Raphael did get in, and that was wonderful because they kind of tend to overlook offensive linemen. And Raphael actually came in as a as a, as a uh, tight end. And Coach Landry, his came, when he came back the second year, he said, "You're going to be an offensive tackle." And of course, Rayfield weighed about two twenty-five, and he was six-seven. <laughs> he said, "Well, what am I going to do?" He said, "Start eating." <laughs> so he did. He ate his way up to about two seventy. And anyway, I'll never forget. I'll I tell these stories because I think they're interesting. But the first game, he didn't play. He didn't play much his first season at, at offensive tackle, but he did. Uh, he got in toward the late end of the year, or it could have been the first part of the next year, but we we happened to be playing the Rams out there, and guess who he was lined up against, Deacon Jones. And Deacon Jones said, looked over at Rayfield, he never heard of him, never never watched him play, because that was his first start. And he said, hey, boy, does your mama know where you are? <laughs> and Rayfield's, Rayfield was listening for the count, which was on two, and it was hut two. And, then, and there was always a delay or it was quick. But he didn't hear the count when when Deacon said that, so Deacon, he said, Deacon slapped me up the side of the head with his hand slap, and I saw stars and I thought, oh my goodness, what am I doing out here?
3: <laughs>
15: <laughs> but after the game was over, it was interesting and I'm going to make it quick. Deacon came up to me because we played in the Pro Bowl together for a number of times. He, he said, Bob, who is this he was this Rayfield Wright kid. And I said, I think he's your worst nightmare. <laughs> and he said, you're right. He said, I didn't even touch the quarterback today. And he said, that's highly unusual for me. And I said, well, I think it can be highly unusual for a lot of people. But anyway, that's what, that's, that's the way it was. And Rayfield, boy, he, he, he did a great job. And very proud of him. Cornell Green's another one that, uh, in my opinion, that uh, he went to at least six Pro Bowls. I think he went to another Pro Bowl. That was he was an alter, alternative, alternate, alternate. I don't know what you call it, alternate. And anyway, there, were, you know, there's just so many guys that were good that it's it would be awfully hard to pick Pro Bowlers or Hall of Famers. I mean, they've got those those guys spend – the coaches spent hours, and the, the of course the uh, media people vote they have one one vote per city i think one sports writer and then they have a maybe a a tv commentator vote and and so in each city they vote for the team and that's how you get selected and the coaches have an input but it's tough to get there i'll tell you that well, and it is, uh,
1: it's is—it's exciting that uh, we do get uh, three more Cowboys, Char- uh, Cliff Harris and and, um, <clears throat> and Drew Pearson and, of course, uh, Coach Johnson in. And I know the Texas Sports Hall of Fame is near and dear to your heart as well. And, and uh, coming up at the end of the month, Charlie Waters is going to be inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. And that's going to be a, a great event here in Waco.
15: Yes, it is. And uh, Ann and I. If we're, if we're able to be, get there, we'll be there. <laughs> I'm sure we, we have been blessed so far. Well,
1: hey, Mr. Lilly, we, uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being with us and sharing. I mean, we, we could do this for three hours and just listen to uh, all those wonderful stories of Dallas Cowboys football when, when we were growing up and watching you guys play and then uh, – and then the Hall of Fame information, just uh, just unbelievable stuff. And we do appreciate your time, and thank you so much for being with us.
15: Well, it's my pleasure, and uh, you'll keep doing a good job.
1: Thank you, sir. That is Mr. Cowboy, Bob Lilly. And I'm telling you, I told you guys I don't get jazzed up too much about interviews, and th- but that one, I've been looking forward to this for a couple of days. And we've had him on the show two or three times. Mm-hmm. He's just – that guy, you know what I mean. Uh, he yeah, he he's, is he's, that He's, he's dude. Mr. Cowboy. He, he is. He's
0: Mr. NFL. He's, he is. He's a guy that you you looked up to as a child, and and, and even uh, you know, talking to my dad, he was he was one of my favorite, uh, my dad's favorite players, and he was a grown man when when Bob Lilly was was playing football, and he was already coaching at the time. A funny story about Bob Lilly, real quick, before we go to break. We, there was a bank there in Burleson when I was younger and they had you know back then cowboys would go places and they would sign autographs and all the kids in the town would would show up well it was at a bank and my mother took me and uh aubrey and, and terry a couple other coaches kids to the bank to see bob lilly to get an autograph from bob lilly and i had dallas cowboy helmet i was going to get autographed. well we're standing out in front of the bank and and uh this guy walks up to my mother and goes What are all these people around here for and my mom goes oh they're here to see some cowboy Bob Lilly or something to get his (laughs) autograph and and uh, we're waiting in line to to see him oh well that sounds interesting and and the guy walked off well and my mother's the one that tells this story all the time or, or told this story all the time she gets up to the table with these three boys that she's pulling along to get an autograph from Bob Lilly the guy that asked my mom what is everybody up here for? <laughs> Bob Lilly is sitting at the table, just grinning and laughing at my mother because she's about three shades of red, and he's giggling at her because that's Bob Lilly sitting right there. And he goes, "Oh yeah, that's that's what all these people are here for." <laughs> he he gave her so much trouble that whole time. Uh, it was very very funny, and I told him that story at the golf course a couple of years ago, and he kind of shook his head and he goes yeah i like to i like to play with people like that a lot, a lot
1: of times <laughs> good stuff 517 drive safely as you make your way home this is game time brought to you by alan samuels dodge chrysler jeep ram fiat we switch gears we talk ranger baseball with jared sandler we do that next hot, hot.
12: Hey everyone, with today's Cowboys report, I'm Christy Scales. Coaches are mixing and matching the wide receivers during camp, and the guys are loving it. You'll hear from Michael Gallup after this.
6: This year, we can all agree that positive energy is more important than ever. That's why Reliant and the Dallas Cowboys are teaming up and focusing our energy on powering the North Texas community. We're working together to support students with scholarships and educational programming, honoring outstanding teachers with classroom grants, in providing utility assistance for those who need it most. Cowboys Nation has always been a source of positive energy. Reliant, proud energy
3: provider of the Dallas Cowboys.
6: Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm...
12: As Mari Cooper still watches from the sideline while he rehabs an ankle that needed offseason surgery, Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb have been the receiving stars of Cowboys camp. Offensive coordinator Kellen Moore is lining those two up at different spots, including Gallup getting reps inside in the slot.
7: The route tree is a whole lot different. Uh, you
9: can get the ball a whole lot quicker. Definitely makes for, you know, bigger plays. If you have a little, you know,
6: in and out route that's four yards, you could turn it into like 15 or anything like that. So, being able to...
1: Uh, Make plays a whole lot quicker. The game comes a little bit faster when you're on the inside.
12: Today, Coach McCarthy is holding a walkthrough instead of a full workout. Tomorrow will be the final full practice in Oxnard. With the Cowboys, I'm Christy Scales.
2: This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm meteorologist Haley Fitzpatrick. Mostly clear skies and a bit of humidity in the air is expected tonight with lows dipping into the upper 70s. Winds will still remain fairly gusty out of the south tonight and tomorrow anywhere between 15 to 20 miles per hour. And some gusts as high as 25. We'll wake up to a bit of cloud cover in the morning before another hot and humid day with mostly sunny skies and a high of 97. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 530, 6 and 9 for your forecasts first. Plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather.
8: boys.com 521 21
1: after five this is game time on ESPN Central Texas drive safely Todd Barfield Ward White's Aaron Sexton we're glad you're with us here on this uh, Tuesday afternoon we're joined out by t- from the uh, Texas Ranger radio network Jared Sandler Jared good afternoon how are you Good afternoon, guys. I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? Terrific. Let's uh let's dive into this thing. We knew from the very beginning that this was going to be a rebuild for the Rangers, but it, it kind of we were talking about it earlier. It kind of looks like that you've with the changes that they made at, at the all-star break that this thing looks so totally different than it did back
4: in April.
13: Yeah, no, I mean, for sure, and and you know, even. Just the change of one person uh, being Joey Gallo totally alters the complexion. No longer do the Rangers really have a guy who, I mean, any look. Anything can happen over a week stretch in this game, but there's no one you look at and, and say, "Yeah, you know, this guy, he's poised to carry this three, a four or five game stretch where other guys are struggling." There isn't that one horse, and uh, you know, Joey benefited or impacted this team offensively and, and defensively and, um, you know, not having him, not having Kyle Gibson, not having Ian Kennedy. I mean, this team lost its best player, its best starter, and its best reliever. So, uh, certainly a, a little bit
1: of a different look for sure. I was looking at some of the st- statistics uh, with with this club. When when you take Joey Gallo out of the mix, minus Nathaniel Lowe, Nobody on this team is getting on base with regularity. Nobody's walking, I I guess is is my point. Do, what do you read into that? What do you take out of that as an analyst for uh, for at the at the major league level?
13: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there are a few things. One, it's certainly not the same player to player. I think you got a guy like Adolis Garcia who uh, you know, I would hope uh, that he would develop the patience to do the walks because he certainly uh, you know has developed a, a reputation at least this year to where you're gonna you're gonna be unsuccessful if you throw them pitches in the zone uh and then there are other guys who you know one reason why they might not be walking is teams aren't scared to throw them strikes you know and until and, and so they prove otherwise you know i remember asking chris woodward something earlier this year about until he starts to draw and walk and he said well hopefully you know he really starts to draw walks not that you step into the box with the desire to do that but because chances are he's going to get pitched differently, you know, after he had shown that, hey, you know, he's a pretty good player. Well, you know, the walks have come a little bit more, but not a lot. But then you look at a guy like Isaac uh, um, who walks as infrequently as almost anyone in the league, and I just don't know that teams are necessarily scared to throw him strikes. So I think, you know, it's different player to player. But I think at the end of the day, too, you just got to look at this lineup and, and recognize that, uh there is a good chance that seven or eight of these guys, and heck, I mean, maybe nine of these guys won't be around the next time the Rangers uh, make a push for the playoffs. And certainly what is definitely true is that whichever guys are around are probably going to be better versions of who they are right now because they're probably young and still growing. Uh, and, you know, developing that keen and eye and, and play discipline for some guys is very natural, but for a lot of guys doesn't uh, – doesn't happen right away and it's something you kind of you you kind of grow into as you start to get more and more experience
1: jared as, as when we were growing up i mean you looked at it you looked at a guy's batting average and then you started to look at a guy's on base percentage what is in in today's numbers and there's so many different so many different categories what is the one area you look at is there one particular area is it ops i mean what do you look for when you're when you're analyzing a player where's the first place you go
13: well, you know, there, there are definitely some advanced metrics that are, are certainly tough to comprehend because they're not as easy to just kind of sort out with, uh, you know, if that hits divided by bats or, you know, something like that. But, you know, on-base percentage is, is something I, I look at just because when you get on base or you, you do something that credits your on-base percentage, you're not committing it out and you are not – giving away one of the three outs that your team has in an inning and uh you know i think that's significant uh you know obviously look at ops uh you know but i also like to look at the numbers that uh weight a player's production relative to the climate of the league so you know you're like this year where offense is down a 730 ops in may was probably a lot better than a 730 ops was three years ago and so you know, how do you really put that in perspective so some of the numbers that uh, I look at the major or more of the advanced type numbers. Weighted runs, created plus, and globa uh, are a couple that I like to use. But for the stuff that's you know, still a little more commonly understood, uh, on-base percentage for sure, and, and OPS, kind of looking at the bigger picture. And then this isn't one stat necessarily. I guess it, it, it's a combination of a couple. But you know the strikeout-to-walk ratio for a hitter is you know, kind of along the lines of what you were just talking about. Um, that's also something i think is really important uh because you know guys who walk uh you know at a rate close to one to one with a strikeout uh you know with their strikeout numbers are guys that over the long term are probably going to have a lot of success even if maybe their numbers in that particular snapshot aren't where you'd like them to be
0: how much more turnover do you expect to see with this ranger ball club going through the rest of this season well, going through the rest of this season,
13: you know, you'll probably see a few guys come up, uh, you know, young guys. Uh, a guy like Nick Snyder. I think it's a coin flip where a guy like Josh Young comes up. Um, you know, same with Davis Wenzel. Davis, just because of the time he missed due to the hammer point injury, a lot less likely. Um, but you, you'll see a few call-ups. I, I don't necessarily see or expect the Rangers to, you know, do a ton in the way of, like, uh, you know, designating guys for assignment, stuff like that. But I do anticipate there's going to be a ton of turnover over the next 6, 12, 18 months. It's just the nature of, of any rebuild. I don't think it's necessarily specific to the Rangers' situation, other than the fact that, you know, in trading Joey Gallows, there just really isn't a guy in this lineup that you look at and say, yep, he is absolutely a part of what we are building towards. I think they're still trying to find that guy. Uh, but, you know, as far as turnover over the next 6, 7 weeks, you know, you'll certainly see some some guys get opportunities, but I wouldn't expect, you know, I, I expect there to be a lot of roster moves. Uh, that's just the nature of the last month and a half, especially when you're in the position the Rangers are in. But as far as, like, organizational departures, I, I wouldn't expect a whole lot uh, right now. I do think you're going to see a lot once the season ends because the Rangers are going to have to, you know, make some 40-man roster decisions, but uh, they don't need to do anything necessarily over the next few weeks.
0: What is Brock Holt's future as a pitcher?
13: <laughs> oh man, uh, hopefully, hopefully we see Brock Holt uh, a few more times. Actually, you know, hopefully we don't see him because that means that the game's going to be out of hand, like the other, uh, like the other day. But you know, what a what a fun moment. You know, it's crazy. Is you know that's such an inconsequential inning, right? The Rangers are down twelve to three. There's nothing really about that game that was fun or exciting. I guess you know from the long term standpoint, but. Uh, six months from now, we'll remember this, right? Like, you know, <laughs> that's, that's going to be one of the, like, five or seven things we remember from this season, and, uh, you know, some people, like, to say, well, uh, you know, if you, uh, well, maybe if they were better, you wouldn't. No, you know, listen, there, there's going to be a, a team that wins 90-plus games that probably had a position player pitch for that this year, and it was, uh, you know, it offered some comedic enjoyment. It was just it's the nature of a 162-game season, but that was, uh, that was pretty funny, and, and that's honestly... You more know, whatever he's done on the field, you know, that, that's really, I think, a big part of what Brock Holt offered to this organization is just some veteran leadership, not in the way of making the rah-rah, super pump-up speech or anything. I just think, you know, he's got a great disposition about him. And, you know, the Rangers have lost 14 road games in a row. I mean, that sucks, right? But no one's enjoying that. The Rangers in general on the season have lost a lot more than they've won. That's not fun, but I think having guys around like Brock Holt who, you know, I don't think Brock is necessarily sweating over his future. You know, I think he knows he probably needs to play better if he wants to play three, four, five more years in the big leagues or something. But in general, this is a guy who—he's an all-star. Uh, he's one of those. He's comfortable in who he is. And you're surrounded by a lot of young guys who aren't. And that's okay because they're all trying to prove who they are. They're all trying to show that they belong. But having someone to balance that out, I think, is super important. And, and Brock has definitely done that. In moments like what we saw on the field in Oakland, with a thirty-one mile an hour lollipop strike, so that certainly, certainly added some
1: enjoyment. Hey, you know what? And give credit to the umpire; he didn't give up on the pitch.
13: <laughs> hey, hey, you're right. I mean, I, listen. I am kind of impressed that uh, uh, you know. Not only that, I, I'm impressed that Matt Chapman got a base hit. I know he's throwing out trying to steal, and that that is not that easy. Uh, i mean if you see that pitch four or five times all right you know that you should hit it uh but that is a different angle than any of those guys are used to hitting a baseball that was uh that was that was impressive on a lot of fronts
1: hey uh some issues in frisco obviously with COVID. does that have any lingering effect to uh to the big club i don't think it's uh, I think like
13: it could as far as you know the potential of guys getting called up. guys to be honest i don't know like I, I don't think they've released the specific individuals who have it uh but you know let's just say joe smith uh not the actual mlb player i probably should he's a different name <laughs> uh, mike, mike jones mcgee is a guy the rangers are thinking of calling up and he's got covid and he's going to be out for the next you know two three weeks you know that could obviously impact things i i think it's it really definitely more impacts the, the lower levels. We've already seen some some moves today. Guys getting called up to Double A Frisco uh, just to offer some roster support. But um, I don't know that it has a, an immediate effect on the big league club today, tomorrow, the next day, unless Double A Frisco had a guy who was on the verge of getting called up uh, who no longer would uh, would be able to.
1: And, and, and people need to understand that that there are Double A. It, it, kind of. Would you kind of go through that a little bit for, for our listeners about where players are placed as far as AA and AAA is concerned? Because guys are going to get moved from AA to the big club.
13: Yeah, it's incredibly rare for a guy to get a call-up from A-ball to the big league club. And, and history is going to show that it happened a lot last year. But that's because there really wasn't A-ball. There were guys who had most recently played in A-ball in 2019 who got the call-up in 2020. But the reality is that happens almost never. Uh, but once you get to double-A, you're one step away. Uh, you know, I don't think organizations always feel the need with certain guys to go from double-A AA to triple-A to the big league. Now, I think that, you know, it seems that they're druthers. They would love, for, uh, love to be able to just allow guys to go level to level. But, you know, and, and – it's certainly not clear cut that every AAA player is better than every AA player, the way you might linearly think of it, uh, you know, playing out. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say that AA teams would necessarily beat AAA teams regularly, uh, although their records might not be, you know, for a particular team as bad as you think. But essentially, a lot of times what you'll see in AA are guys with super high ceilings, uh, big time prospects who, you know, are just young or don't have the experience. You know, Triple A is made up of a lot of non-prospects. A lot of these four A guys, or you know, heck, I, I, I certainly hope this isn't the case for Brock Holt, but you know, in 2022, it could be a guy like Brock Holt who's played five, six, seven years in the big leagues who just isn't as good anymore, and is trying to earn his way back. You know, we saw that earlier this, this year with John Hicks. So you got a lot of those guys have big league experience, uh, but maybe aren't prospects at the same level that. Uh, uh, you know, a guy in double A is, but you know, it's not, it's not totally one way or the other. You know, the Rangers have some pretty exciting prospects in triple A, like 22 year old Yodi Tavares, for instance. But, you know, then you look at double A and the Rangers rotation with Gary Rodriguez, there earlier this year, now up in triple A, the Cole, Cole Wynn, Cole Regans, early Ozont's Crowds. You got uh, Davis Wenzel and Josh Young on the position player side, and probably Justin Foskey sooner rather than later. So, These guys are definitely one year away. The one thing I'd add is I'm unclear still. Uh, I know earlier this year players were not allowed because of COVID to get the jump up from AA to the majors. I think those rules have changed. Uh, But I know there was something earlier this year about guys who were and were not in the bubble and people in AAA and above were, quote, unquote, in the bubble uh, and thus had different testing. I think you just simply might need to call a guy up uh, and have him wait a couple days perhaps. Uh, if it's going to be directly from double a although don't don't quote me on that because uh, i even asked chris woodward the other day and, and he wasn't totally clear just because they really haven't had to make any of those types of decisions just yet
1: Jared, thanks. Uh always a pleasure. Love listening uh, to you talk about baseball and we learn a lot when you come on the program. Uh pot of coffee tonight. Eight thirty pregame and nine ten for that oh, first cup. Co-
5: <laughs> hey,
13: I tell you guys quickly, I, I throw a celebration every time we have our last nine o'clock start game of the year and Thank the Lord that comes tomorrow night. There's no more nine o'clock games after tomorrow night. I, I feel so bad for Rangers fans who you know really want to watch the game and they got to stay up until nine just to watch the start of it. And you know who, who knows how late they're able to stay up. It's, uh, what a what a you know so don't get me started on this. But to me, it is a big travesty. That the Rangers and Astros are in the AL West. Amen. to more of these games than, uh, than than what they should be.
1: Amen. I could not agree with you more. Hey, appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon, Jared. Thank you. See ya. See you guys. See ya. That's Jared Sandler with the uh, Ranger Radio Network. He's got the pregame right here on ESPN Central Texas, beginning at eight. 30 tonight. nine ten for the first pitch. So there you go. Alright, uh, let's take a second here and let's talk about our friends over at Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend of the car business. They're at 201 West Loop 340. Ted Teague and his group do a tremendous job. A- and right now you got Ram Spotlight Days going on. Ram is the uh, three-peat motor trend truck of the year. And of course the Ram trucks are the top safety picks in 2021. Come check out all the great-looking, reliable vehicles. We call them, the Dodge Ram, and men they got uh, the Lone Star Edition, and you're going to love that vehicle. And you can check them out online, or you can check them out in person. Online, it's allensamuelsdcj.com. That's allensamuelsdcj.com. Tremendous service from uh, the uh, the group at at uh, Allen Samuels. Before the sale, during the sale, and even after the sale, they're going to take great care of you at Allen Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, your friend of the car business, and the sponsor of this program, Game Time, here on ESPN Central Texas.
8: This is Dallas Cowboys football 2021. Prescott in the gun. They blitzed. Only heard here. Here. Deep ball by
4: Prescott man, all along with the goal line. Seedy land. All season. 43 yards, a touchdown, and a touchdown dance.
5: Friday night, it's your Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals, live from State Farm Stadium on this
1: Dallas Cowboys radio network station. It's the Cowboys and the Cardinals Friday night at 8 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas.
14: This is the sound of someone taking a free test walk in Personally Fit Arch supports at the Good Feet store. Music to our ears. Just like the words of Deidre and Dave, real customers who decided to give Goodfeet Arch Supports a try with a free fitting and test walk.
2: The pain would shoot up my heels. I would tiptoe out of bed because my heels hurt so badly.
3: The pain level was over 10, and my doctor recommended that I go to Goodfeet and try the arch supports.
2: When I went to the Goodfeet store, I had a free consultation. They allowed me to try on the arch supports.
3: And took about three, four steps. turned around and went and sat back down to to cry. It was the first time that I had no pain.
14: See how our trusted specialists and personally fit arch supports can help with foot, knee, hip, and back pain. Stop by the Good Feet store for a free fitting and test walk today. Your good life starts with Good Feet. Stop by today at
0: the Good Feet store in Waco in the Central Texas Marketplace.
10: Since its inception, Pickup Outfitters has remained politically neutral. We love trucks of every persuasion, not just red and blue ones. But people keep asking us where we stand, and for this one time, we're going to break our neutrality. We oppose any government intervention or legislation to end truck nudity. We believe in the American right to drive nude vehicles. We think it's disgusting, we fight it every place we can, and we want to end it, but we want to end it the right way, peaceably. Therefore, we call on Congress and President Biden to respect the rights of truck owners. Our founding fathers didn't own a truck, but if they did, I bet they would have put a bed cover and running boards on their truck. The right to keep and bear your truck the way you want is fundamental to the fabric of this nation, and we believe in that right. So we urge you to come and take it at Pickup Outfitters, 220 Lake Eyre Drive in Waco, on the web at createacommotion.com.
14: For a limited time, refinance your vehicle and have 90 days with zero payments. Only at Genco FCU. Refinancing lowers your rate and you pay less for your car. You can't pass on rates as low as 1.75% for 48 months. Apply online today.
10: Annual percentage rate subject to change without notice. Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and loan policies. Go to GencoFCU.org. NCUA equal housing lender.
4: My money. My
3: Zero Gravity Gymnastics, home of the USA Gymnastics, Acrobatics, and Tumbling National Champions, wants you to be on their winning team. They're now enrolling for AT teams ages 5 to 18, beginners to advanced levels. And this month get the Olympic Special, $25 off your first month. Zero Gravity's acro and tumbling teams are led by former AT college athletes and USAG competitive team coaches. And this month get the Olympic Special with $25 off your first month. Don't wait. Enroll your child now to learn tumbling, acro, and more. Call now, 254 235 7870. That's 254-235-7870. Zero Gravity Gymnastics. ESPN Radio
6: Sports Center.
0: I'm Ward Weintz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Richard Carr Buick GMC Cadillac. Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic have reached a maximum salary extension with the team that will pay him $207.1 million over the next five years. Deshaun Watson is unlikely to play in the Texans' preseason opener against the Green Bay Packers based on the limited reps he has had in practice. Hard Knox with the Dallas Cowboys debuts its 16th season tonight at 9 o'clock on HBO and HBO Max. Astros start a series with the Rockies tonight, 7-10 first pitch. And the Texas Rangers try to snap a six-game losing streak tonight, starting a series in Seattle with the Mariners, first pitch at 9-10. And you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas.
6: Sports Center every 20 minutes only on ESPN Central Texas. Time for the grand bag on game time.
1: All right, 543. We're 17 shy of six. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas, presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge from Jeep Ram Fiat, and your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. Uh, glad you're along with us here on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. All right, Ward, I got some grab bag, and, and we're going all over the place here with grab bag. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts appear to have a quarterback competition since Carson Wentz uh, had the uh, had the injury. Uh, Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger are now splitting snaps. How about that? Uh, it was I thought it was Eason's job. He is going to get to start in their first exhibition game, but uh, Frank Reich uh, said that uh, Ellinger has done such a good job that uh, they're going to split snaps in practice. And, uh, you know, that that screams competition, doesn't it?
0: Well, yeah, you got to expect that's going to be a a competition that's up for grabs. And, you know, they may be not through looking around the league either to find their next quarterback. I I mean, you, you heard some rumblings of they may go out and get somebody. They've decided to stay with what they have right now, and why not? I mean, they haven't played a preseason game yet, so we'll let those two guys at least go at it for a little bit.
1: I'll be honest; I'm a little uncomfortable talking about this. I know it's been on Sports Center, even at the local sports centers that uh, that we do here at the radio station. But uh, Deshaun Watson is back in Houston Texans training camp, and uh, Watson, uh, who reported to camp on July 25th after requesting a trade in, in January, practiced for the first five days of camp, then was not on the field for the next five days. Now he's back. And, again, it, does this have anything to do with, hey, i got to be there so I don't get fined? Uh, if you're the Houston Texans, do you want him on your football team? Do you want him in camp? Do you want to – and, again, you're, you're innocent until proven guilty, but there are 22 or 23 uh, cases pending against him, I do believe, that are active cases. If you're the Texans, wouldn't you want that resolved before you before you welcome him back into? I don't know. No, I mean, I
0: mean you can't because you have too much money invested in him. You've got I mean, you've got. He's let not going to play for you. you you've got to let it go until until the legal system runs
1: through it. So, I mean, right now he's he's eligible to play. He is eligible to play. He will not play for the Houston Texans. Do you think? I, I don't I think he does. I, I don't think he ever takes another snap for the Houston Texans. There's just too much there. He, he, hell, he didn't want to be there before all this, and now he still doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And then he's got all that. There is just way, way, way too many distractions.
0: You know, I don't. I don't think anybody's going to touch him right now, as far as trading for him, because they just they don't know what the outcome is going to be. And if, if they trade for him and he can't get on the field, then they're out all that. So his only option to play for the NFL, to me, right now, is. The Houston Texans. And, again, they have so much invested that they'll play him until they're told they can't play him.
1: Uh, We'll see. But I I just don't see how you can put him on the football field. And you know what? I get it. You're right. It is a business. And and at the end of the day, but, man, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine the Texans saying, hey, come on back, take some snaps, let's get ready to play opening day. I I just – that, that's a hard one for me to to comprehend but you know <laughs> maybe so maybe so you know Terry Frank Kona walked away from the Cleveland Indians he didn't walk away he he's, he stepped aside because of uh, health injury uh, health concerns and uh he, he to me he's a terrific manager but those, he had hip replacement surgery. Ward, he got to the point to where he just couldn't mm-hmm. function as the manager of the Cleveland Indians. So he went ahead and got it done, and and uh, he's home and doing physical therapy. But uh, Terry, that's the second time now that he's had to step away before the completion of a season.
0: Yeah, it, it's unfortunate, but I mean, you get to a certain point, and that's just something that you know. I'm sure the doctor said hey, we got to do this now, or or you're just you, he's probably doing more damage to it. Uh, just being uh, on the field and, and managing. So, I mean, I, I've had some friends that have had double hip replacements,
1: and, oh. and it's just it's a long process to go through. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, Roy Holiday uh, had his jersey retired with the Philadelphia Phillies over the weekend. I think that is a cool move mm-hmm. by Philly. So, yeah, the late good. Roy Holiday. Uh, and then finally, we have the, uh, t- the uh, Texas Motor Speedway has uh, – has named the replacement for Eddie Gossage. I can't believe Eddie Gossage is not going to be part of the Texas Motor Speedway as Doesn't long as I right. can remember. Right. Well, since it opened, yeah, he he's been a part of the uh, of the uh, Texas Motor Speedway. But uh, they have named uh, Rob Ramage as their new uh, GM, so he'll be replacing Eddie Gossage Jr. All right, that is uh, that is our uh, that is our uh, our. Uh, help me grab back thank you <laughs> drawing a blank uh, real quick I want to talk a minute about our good friends over at good feet in the central texas park marketplace near cabelas if, if you've got uh, back pain or or uh, knee pain or it, 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 you, it may not be your back or your knees or your hips it, it very well may be your feet it may be your alignment Why don't you you just check out Goodfeet in the Central Texas Marketplace? You're saying, well, I'm not real sure I want to do that. I I, I don't understand it. Well, go by there. The consultation and uh, the fitting... Is absolutely free. There is in no obligation whatsoever, and uh, and it's a three-step process. They have a strengthener that will kind of get things going again for you and get you realigned. Then they have a maintainer. That's what you wear in the, the the inserts that you wear in your shoes during the during the main portion of the day. And then they have a relaxer that you wear late uh, in the evening, maybe put in your house shoes, or whatever. It's a total body wellness program, and uh, it, it really does a tremendous job. And and uh, it's it's balanced. And alignment that uh, will help take care of your knees, your hips, and your back, and make you feel 100 percent better. There's it, it, again, there's 350 different sizes, 25 different styles. There's something for everyone at uh, at Good Feet. You owe it to yourself to check them out. I, I've got them. I, I've got them uh, for my shoes. It, it is uh, it, it's remarkable how how much they will uh, they will change uh, change how you. How you how you view things and how and how you walk and, and and take care of yourself. It is a total body wellness program. It's called Good Feet, and they're in the Central Texas Marketplace. Go by
8: and see them today.
3: It's time for today's Spectrum Big Twelve Football Preview. Today a look at the Kansas State Wildcats.
1: We'll coming your way here in just a couple of minutes. And then we'll be right back at it at 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Thanks to everyone who's been a part of this one. We will see you tomorrow right here on ESPN Central Texas. <laughs>
3: It's time for today's Spectrum Big 12 Football Preview. Today, a look at the Kansas State Wildcats. Here's John Morris. Hi,
5: everybody. Continuing our series of Big 12 Football Previews. Today, a second look at the Kansas State Wildcats and a look inside the philosophy of head coach Chris Kleiman. That's straight ahead on today's Spectrum Big 12 Football Preview. Every team knows that...